Hello and welcome to our special 2020 Christmas edition of the Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. Today, as we do every year, we're joined by all our contributors, Jillian with What I Learned From My Kids, Mark with What's Good in Hollywood, Billy with Church for Dummies, Danny with Rearing Rebels, and Sister Marie-Paul Curley with Windows to the Soul, except that today they will be giving their segments a little Christmas twist. And we're very excited to be playing music from The Vigil Project. If you haven't heard of The Vigil Project, you're going to love what they do. We're going to be speaking with Greg and Lizzie Boudreau, husband and wife. Greg is one of the directors of The Visual Project, and with Lizzie, they are both contributing artists. So, lots of good stuff coming up, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Let's start with a song. Here are Greg and Lizzie with Prepare Him Room from The Visual Project's Vigil Series Number 2, Watch and Pray. See 
That was Greg and Lizzie with Prepare Him Room from the Vigil Project's Advent and Christmas album, Watch and Pray. And we're going to be speaking with Greg and Lizzie at the end of the program. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is a special Christmas edition of the Salt and Light Hour. You can learn more about Salt and Light at slmedia.org. And now it's time for... What I Learned From My Kids with Jillian Cantor. Jillian, welcome back. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. I was just uh, saying that usually we end up doing the Christmas show during Advent, but this year it actually is airing during Christmas. So... (laughs) We can say Merry So legitimately, Merry Legitimate. Christmas. It's the real thing. So you've learned uh, something uh, Christmassy from your kids? Uh, all sorts of things. There's all sorts of themes. But yes, we'll stick to Christmas this time. Um, yeah, so this, um, well, leading into Christmas during Advent, we were kind of, as always, preparing and putting gifts under the tree. And this year, what my kids have taught me is to make yourself a gift this Christmas. Actually, as I say that out loud, it makes it sound like I'm advising you to get a gift for yourself. That's not what I'm saying. No, no, (laughs) no, no. Give yourself as a gift this Christmas is maybe more accurate. Anyway, let me explain. Um, So we've had a very busy four-year-old in the house leading up to Christmas. Um, Miss Jane, as the bigger kids were at school, and when I was getting Leo settled down for a nap, which I've mentioned before, takes a very long time. He's a terrible sleeper. Anyway, yeah. uh, so there'd be a big chunk of time there where she's kind of hanging out on her own, needed something to do. So she filled that time up prior, prior to Christmas with collecting a bunch of art supplies and settling down to make her siblings beautiful Christmas presents this year. So, and I hope they're not listening. No, but then by now they know what <laughs> they got. By now they would have received it, yes. She um, made them all uh, modeling clay replicas of themselves. Huh? So they're each getting their own little, yeah, it was her own idea. She did all the work. She let those things dry and then she did all the wrapping. There's, uh, yeah, packages under the tree that were immaculately wrapped, as you can imagine, with tons of wrapping paper and tons of tape. But it was oh, all her God. own doing. Oh. She... She was just really excited to give gifts to the kids this Christmas. And I think she sees that. She sees her older siblings who maybe have saved up some money from birthdays or doing odd jobs for neighbors or grandparents or whatever. They've collected their money and they've all taken their turns asking, mommy, can we go shopping with you? And they've maybe picked out a little, whatever it is, Sharpie marker or a little notebook or a tiny stuffy for their Mm -hmm. siblings. And it really, I feel so proud and honored to be part of those little shopping trips with them because they recognize that they want to give something of themselves like that's their money and it was given to them as birthday money they could do whatever they want with it but basically they keep it in their wallets and save it for Christmas when they can buy something for their siblings that's what they know to do with it they know to gift it to give it to someone and it's a big part of themselves so while Jane didn't have that money saved up she recognized that this was something that she could do. She could give of herself in her artwork, in her crafting, and make these special gifts for her siblings. Um, and then another example that I saw leading into Christmas was our Henry, uh, who's 10. Um, we are giving some things to the teachers for their for thank you for their hard work, especially this year. And Henry, I said to them, just write a little note. So it could just be Merry Christmas, whatever, just sign your name, who it's for. And Henry took the time to write a paragraph, a few sentences to each teacher, 
thanking them for their hard work, letting them know specifically what he enjoyed in the classes and wishing them well for the holiday season. And I was just really taken back by that, by his work with that and his just thoughtfulness. And that that was a gift that he could give of himself, that he could write to them and give them a thoughtful message. And it really hit me that these are the true gifts of this season our words and our time and our effort. Those are the things that we can give to our neighbors and our family and our friends. I think especially this year, as we all know, it's been a hard year. Um, and we've really seen in this world around us that it's not about the things, it is about the people. And it is about, it is about our relationship with those people. Um, and I think as we, you know, as news has come around, about various issues, we've seen that we haven't maybe put enough emphasis on those relationships. Our emphasis has maybe been on things. And we really needed to turn ourselves around this year to see, to ask ourselves, how are we caring for the people around us? Um, how are we making ourselves a gift to the people around us? How are we offering our time and our words and our effort to help mm -hmm. our neighbors, our family and our friends? So I've just been really happy and proud so mama proud of my kids this year to see how they are gifting of themselves at christmas this year um to whoever it is their siblings or their teachers or there's even there's some parcels under the tree for me too so yeah. <laughs> gifting of themselves to me and to david and it's just been lovely to see that how that is playing out in their heads and how they're, they're developing that sense of consciousness and and wanting to offer something of themselves to other people yeah um a couple of years ago we had clara who was four then and it was christmas morning and i think she realized oh everyone else is giving presents and she hadn't made cards or anything for anyone and you could see like a sense of panic over her face wash over her face but then at as everyone's finished giving their presents, she proudly announces, and now I will give my presents. And she stood up and she very deliberately, very intentionally, very lovingly went to each one of us in the room and said, Merry Christmas and gave us a very big hug. So she gave oh. the gift of a hug that year, which was really sweet. Oh my so, gosh. you know, if it's not your time or your words, <laughs> make it your effort to so give a hug. <laughs> Although maybe this isn't the best year for hugging people, but still, that's okay. People in your own household. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I wonder how my kids would feel if I gave them a hug for Christmas. Yeah, I'm gonna put that in. Put that in the uh, in the toolbox for when I need it. <laughs> Julian, just thank make sure you. it has a lot of tape and wrapping paper. Yes, thank you, thank you. Wrapping don't need wrapping paper when we can wrap each other your with arms. our own arms. Oh, it's beautiful. I love so that. Um, thank you. Great lesson. Great lesson from your kids. Uh, Jillian, thank you so much. And uh, Merry Christmas. And, and we'll, we'll see you back in the new year. Yes, sounds great. Merry Christmas to you and all your people. Jillian Cantor is the writer of A Woman's Voice, and she's the wife of David and the mother of Joseph, Henry, Annie, Clara, Jane and Leo. Coming up is Mark Matthews with an unusual Hollywood Christmas story. So stay tuned. I'm Sister Marie Paul Curley of the Daughters of St. Paul, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. You're listening to the Salt and Light Hour 2020 Christmas special. I'm Deacon Pedro. You can email me, pedro at slmedia.org. Now it's time for What's Good in Hollywood with our Hollywood undercover missionary, Mark Matthews.
welcome. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, Pedro. So, so you have a good a good Christmas story for us today. I have maybe a heavy Christmas story, and so oh. I apologize. This is this is not your average Christmas reflection, but it was a Christmas story that just kept coming up in my mind, and and I thought I would share it. Um, I moved to Los Angeles many years ago. Uh, and this, it was Christmas time, and uh, I was buying some cinematography off of uh, Craigslist. Um, that's the American Kijiji for my Canadian listeners. Um, and people okay. always joke about meeting strange people or serial killers on yeah, Craigslist. all the time. Um, I know. It's the worst. Yeah. Um, but my experience has actually been the opposite. 98% of the time, it's professionals selling their equipment. Mm-hmm. But the 2% of the times, <laughs> there's been some strange experiences. Uh-huh. So this once um, I met this guy and he was walking out of his house and into the house beside him. And I remember thinking, wow, this guy owns two houses. And so I went inside and, you know, reasons, you know, bargained some reasonable deals with him. Um, but during the course of our conversation it became clear that something was very kind of off about this guy. Uh, he was very quirky, unable to focus. He insisted on adding up all the items on paper, you know, when anyone else would have just done it in their head and yeah. spitballed a number. Um, the, the home, it was a really nice area, really nice home, but there were cockroaches on the ground scurrying all around. Really? Uh, yeah. And I thought that was very odd. And the other tip off was all these pornographic posters <laughs> for pornographic films on the walls. Okay. Tip off. Yeah. Subtle. Yeah. Yeah. A <laughs> little bit of a tip off. So I said, I'm like, Oh, so what do you do for a living? And he's like, oh, I produce pornographic films. <laughs> and so yeah. first off in my mind, I'm like, okay, make sure I get the equipment blessed. <laughs> um, but I, I've spent a lot of time running men's groups talking about, you know, how to overcome pornography. Yeah. And so I was like, here before me was my arch nemesis, you know, yeah. a purveyor of pornography. And in, in stunned kind of silence, I was like, wow, really? Why? Huh. And he, he replied, he said, oh, how can you say no to the money? It's $100,000 uh-huh. of easy money. Um, huh. And I've actually met, since met a few other pornographers, and this is the number one response I always get. Right. So if that, it was, if that wasn't enough, he motioned to one of the posters and he said, that's my wife. What? <laughs> yeah. So not only a pornographer, but pimping out his wife too and, and proud of it. So the exact opposite of Mary and Joseph. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But as I kept talking to him and hearing his story, um, the anger turned to nothing but sadness and pity for them. So the house we were in was their house and it was repossessed by the bank. This was during the like 08 housing crisis. Uh And they also didn't own the house beside them. They were, it was empty. And so they were squatting there. And finally through an odd coincidence, I ended up, meeting one of his neighbors and he explained to me, he said, Oh, they're both addicted to opioids, which, you know, explained everything else about his behavior. And I have also since learned this from talking to other people in the porn industry, that drugs are just hugely, Mm -hmm. hugely kind of endemic. And so if there's one spiritual lesson in this, um, it's a reminder to me of something that John Paul II said, he said, it's not that pornography shows too much, it's that it shows too little. Hmm. And so if you think about it, if you could see that, say, the girl who's currently, you know, undressing on your computer screen uh, was also doing, you know, lines of cocaine before and after the take to numb the pain of being molested as a child, 
you know, was homeless and squatting in a cockroach infested basement. If you could actually see all those things, you probably wouldn't have much difficulty turning your computer off. And th that just, so that's maybe, you know, something to come in mind. Uh, you know, pornography doesn't show too much. It shows too little. It shows too little. Yeah. And I guess it's not that easy money if his house was being repossessed and uh, he was squatting and who knows whatever happened to them. Uh, yeah. Um, so, I mean, maybe that's one thing, you know, when you think of Mary and Joseph without a, a place to stay, you know, maybe remember this couple in your prayers. I have no idea what has since happened to them. Um, but, you know, keep an, keep an open heart. Keep compassion in your heart. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. I mean, yes, unusual Christmas story. Um, but thank you for sharing it because I do think that a lot of times when we think about there being no place in the inn and we're called to remember that Mary and Joseph were homeless or had no place to stay or that they were refugees, it's easy to make the connection with a homeless person that's nice or we like them or mm -hmm. that they're victims or they're refugee, but it's not so easy to make the connection with someone like a pornographer. Yeah. Um, and who in a way, I guess, is also a victim. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's very clear that most people involved in this industry are, you know, victims as well. So, yeah. And it's very easy to, yeah, you know, think about a clean cut case like that, like Mary and Joseph. But yeah, in truth, the reality is kind of much uglier, I think. So, yeah. And God loves them just as much as he loves anybody, anybody else. Um, and I guess it's good. Can I just make make this say this for you? Yes. It's good that we have Hollywood undercover missionaries like you that maybe gets to uh, buy equipment off Craigslist and you're meeting <laughs> these people. Um, maybe that should be your new focus and seeing who I, you meet and how and and how you can follow up with them. And I, I mean, I wish I could say I was holy enough, you know, to follow up with them and you know got them out of their squalid living situation. Um, but I, wow. unfortunately not that holy, you know, well, who knows? I mean, do you, if you even remember their name, maybe you, one day you'll bump into this person and he'll say, I remember you, you helped change my life or something. Or I don't know. Maybe because I brought them up on this show and asked our listeners to pray for them. That just brought incredible yeah. graces to you. Maybe like, like we prayed for uh, Charlie Sheen. Yes. Um, there you go. Prayer so, works. Yeah. Prayer works. Um, Merry Christmas. Thank you for that. <laughs> totally off Christmas story. Um, Mark Matthews uh, sharing the good, the blessings that he comes across <laughs> in living in Hollywood. Um, thank you, Mark. Have a Merry Christmas. Very welcome. Have a blessed Christmas too. What's good in Hollywood with Mark Matthews, our undercover Hollywood uh, and Craigslist missionary. <laughs> you can follow him at HU Missionary. Here now are Greg and Lizzie with What Child Is This? from the Vigil Project's Christmas Classics album.
We're listening to Greg and Lizzie with What Child Is This from the Vigil Project's Christmas Classics album. If you missed the beginning of the program or you'd like to listen to it again, just go to our website, slmedia.org slash podcast. Coming up in our second half hour, Church for Dummies, Rearing Rebels, and Windows to the Soul, as well as a conversation with Greg and Lizzie, and more music from the Vigil Project. So stay tuned. What child is this born unto us? The Father's love begotten to die upon a sinner's cross and give our hearts return. Welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Christmas Edition, Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. You can follow me and Salt and Light Media on Instagram at Salt and Light TV. We're also on Facebook and Twitter, and you can subscribe to this program on Spotify. Just look for the Salt and Light Hour Catholic Podcast. And now it's time for... Church for Dummies. With Billy Chan, who yes. has a Christmas question. Yes, Christmas edition, right? It's a yes. Christmas question. So uh, this is not actually a question for me. And this is actually a challenge from someone to me. Okay. And, you know, it's always like that, right? When, I, when, when, we, when, when we start doing this segment, people are starting asking me questions, thinking that... I know everything. I don't. That's why I called myself Church for Dummies, right? Right. But, I don't know everything either. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know, um, we are Catholic, you know, since I was very, very young, studying in Catholic schools, uh, Catholic kindergarten, primary school in Hong Kong. And we always, always celebrate Christmas. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's no doubt. I, I never questioned it. Uh, so now somebody actually asked me, why uh, do we, he said, do we celebrate Christmas? As a, you know, we, we, we find that it's a birthday for Jesus. So, you know, just like everyone else, you know, we, we celebrate uh, birthday. But the problem is, uh, he heard that celebrating birthday, uh, it sounds like a couch thing as well. So now the question, you know, let me, you know, let me simplify the question a bit for you. Yes. I know you, you are, you know, look at me like, what is your question? Yes. But you know, the question is this, why do we Catholic celebrate Christmas? And uh, the, of course, the reason uh, uh, of him asking me is he cannot find the word birthday in bible so apparently nobody celebrate birthday uh in bible and why do we do this yeah okay so so for so 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 let me just first say that just because something is not in the bible doesn't mean that we don't do it or or, or don't celebrate it thank you um, for saying this <laughs> okay ju- so just because it's not in the bible but but he's right it's it's not in the bible and uh celebrating birthdays, even though I think that there are historically um, uh, um, uh, records of, of people as early as like the Egyptians in the, you know, like 3000 years before Christ celebrating birthdays. Um, It wasn't something that the Jewish people celebrated. And it certainly wasn't something that the early Christians celebrated. I do think that the Romans celebrated birthdays. I'm not sure. Um, Christians did not celebrate the birth of Christ until about the fourth century. Uh, 
Um, so it was something that came later. And, and I think that what we have to remember is that when we're celebrating Christmas, we're not celebrating it as a birthday, like the birthday of Christ, like when you celebrate your birthday, Billy. Um, okay. <laughs> we're celebrating Christmas because, I mean, it's not called the birthday of Jesus. It's called Christmas. And in fact, the official name is the Solemnity of the Nativity of Christ. Oh. So we're, 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 it's a solemnity, it's a feast day. It's we're, a feast day of Christ. We're celebrating that, that God... You know, yeah. like when with the Feast of the Annunciation, we celebrated the incarnation, but then this incarnated God is born. Yeah, so that's the kind of beginning of of the that's the big sort of the the beginning of of the life of God as a human being. So I think that that's what we're celebrating. We're celebrating the nativity as 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 a beginning. So 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 when we celebrating. Christmas, it's not that it's a birthday, but it's the beginning is the beginning of the good news of salvation. Um, it's uh, and I think it also the birth foreshadows the death because it's like coming out of the womb. Sorry, yeah. not the death, the resurrection coming yeah, out of the tomb. Right. So so there's also that that connection. So that's why we do not have like cake, candles and gift. You know, but we, we have Christmas gift though. Well, we do. And, and <laughs> I think that that's okay in terms of giving gifts. I think if it's truly the birthday of Jesus, we should be giving him a gift. So what mm -hmm. is the gift that we bring to to him? Um, and I know that in some traditions that that is what, what, what they did. Um, um, I, the, the important thing is that we celebrate Christmas by going to mass. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, uh, so let's, you know, get back to, birthday then yeah. you know the, the, he's also he mentioned that birthday it, it is a cult thing is it true i don't i don't think so i mean when i think that probably he doesn't mean cult he probably meant pagan pagan um, yes mm -hmm. right so not christian uh it maybe originally as i said the early christian church did not celebrate birthdays that was not something they did i don't think the jewish people celebrated birthdays otherwise we would see that in the bible and the old testament but but as i said as of the fourth century christians celebrated christmas yeah um and then eventually i think also if you look up you know when did we start celebrating birthdays probably around the same time. I'd say we, you know, at some point Christianity started celebrating birthdays in the same way that we commemorate. I mean, we also celebrate the birth of uh, John the Baptist. That's another feast day that we celebrate. And, and there's the birth of Mary that is celebrated. Oh. So we also commemorate birthdays in terms of, Hey, this person was an important person or a saint. It was a good day when they, came into the world a lot of saint days are are the day of the day that they were born so so i think in that sense it's yeah. okay to celebrate birthdays you know thank you for the for the answer do you want to know what my answer to him what was your answer to him <laughs> we said catholic is pro-life so oh. we celebrate new life that's why we celebrate birthday is it a good answer that's a very good answer actually and and you're right and we not just celebrate the day the person is born when they're born but you're also celebrating the person so when it's billy's birthday we're not remembering that you were born we're celebrating billy and that billy's alive and that billy is alive and that we're celebrating your life so i think that that's exactly very very good um very good question billy so um enjoy the rest of the christmas season merry christmas merry thank you christmas. very much yes and i'll uh we'll have you back on the show in the new year good 
There you go. Billy Chan with a Christmas question. Uh, Billy is the webmaster here at slmedia.org. You can follow him at Chan. Coming up is Danny Torquia with Rearing Rebels. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Julian Cantor, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. I'm Deacon Pedro. You're listening to our 2020 Christmas edition of the Salt and Light Hour. Now it's time for Rearing Rebels with Danny Torquia. Danny, welcome back to the Salt and Light Hour. Hello, sir. Deacon Pedro. So happy to be back. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Yeah, thank you. You too. What a great season or seasons. So you're you're thinking about doing stuff with your kids this Christmas season, right? You know what? Doing stuff with the kids all the time, actually. They're at an age where I do a lot with them. Uh, and now what I wanted to talk about today uh, was, well, we talked about shock advertising last time. And today it's experiential marketing. So I don't know, Deacon Pedro, if you've heard about experiential marketing. Well, it sounds like doing things, experience, right? Right. Well, you know what it is? It, it's been, you've seen it everywhere at the malls, uh, when you've seen a, a food truck, maybe not a food truck, but when you've seen sampling at a big station, you know, like a Penn Station, Union Station, yeah. um, different, you know, uh, mall intercepts and people, promotional reps. When you go to a baseball game and someone's giving away a free something. Like okay. Yeah. Gum. Uh, but basically, experiential marketing is very big business. And it, it, it really is all about um, a relationship and an experience that the consumer can take home and it'll linger with them. It'll, either it's a sample product, mm-hmm. you know, small portion, small size, or they would have tasted something at the event at, an, at a big festival. Mm-hmm. And then they have a bond, a little bit of a bond with the brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that, you know, I've been working, for example, in racing for many, many years. Um, and in racing, it's all about experiential marketing, you know, like, like a fair car racing. You mean? Yeah. I've been working yeah. in car racing. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but you know, those fairs or a rib fest and it's all experiential. Yeah. So how does that translate to faith? Well, I, and that's what I want to share with you and your listeners. Cause you know, those who have kids yeah. or, or grandkids, well, we're blessed to be um, in a, an incarnate or a church that has real, you know, the faith is not just the faith we want to believe, but we also want to have faith in action. And, and mm-hmm. in our family, we've taken our kids a lot to like different liturgies, um, you know, different types of churches. So, okay. for exa- you know, for, like, for example, the Middle East or Eastern churches, you know, if you're, if your listeners haven't gone to you, Ukrainian Catholic divine liturgy or a Melkite, mm-hmm. Maronite Coptic, then, or even Hispanic, um, that's something that I know our kids have left those kinds of celebrations deep in thought, you know, yeah. how does it differ from their ordinary parish which they love, but it's yep. very different. I don't know. I, I don't know if you've been to a, you've been to monasteries, but not everybody's been to a monastery. Yeah, no, you're right. Absolutely. Or evening prayer with the monks. I know it's right. something most people, most Catholics have never experienced. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you got, you might have to look, but, but, but I have a feeling that there's a monastery closer <laughs> to your home than you'd think. Right. Yeah, it's true. So, so, and, and I, I've only recently uh, become accustomed or acquainted with my local monastery. Uh, and and I, I hear that they can't really refuse the knocker. You know, you know, someone comes to visit a monastery, they can't really say no to the visitors. So that's a right. good thing to use for our, la- our lady. Yeah. You can go and say, hey, can we visit? Can we come spend yeah. time with you? And I think technically they're, they're supposed to welcome you. Yeah, that's, that's good advice. Yeah, good. Yeah, true. So that's a couple of things. And, and I know, I don't know about, but I know for funerals, like I, 
I tend to take my kids to funerals and I, I do it sometimes a little too eagerly. I don't know how you feel about that, but I know people so that they can have the experience. Yeah. I, 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 so that they can experience it and feel their mortality Mm -hmm. um, and join us in prayer or actually recognition of Thanksgiving for the life of the person who's died. So I, I I don't know about how you feel, but I know every time a funeral has happened, I take my kids. I, I, I would agree. Um, and I, it's interesting because I would have never had thought about it in terms of experiential giving them that, yeah. that experience, but you don't have to explain things to them about life and death if you can just take them to the funeral because then that's a, that's a ritual right. um, that I think helps them process the experience. Yeah. And yeah. you know, I mean, I, I, I've worked in PR my whole life and, and I can talk, uh, which is sometimes a curse, but the most important <laughs> thing is to do, right? To, to, to communicate through your behavior, like St. Francis is, is, is quoted as saying, preach and evangelize. And if you use words, only if, yeah, you only have if necessary. Yeah. So I think that, you know, for example, all these things are experiential. The kids leave with a, a deep, deep understanding um, that they can nurture. Uh, one thing we've been doing now is adoration. Well, mm. not really adoration, but adoration at home. I call it adoration. It's not. I mean, we sit down on our knees and some of them lay down the kids, but we, we, we face like a, a, an image of, um, yeah. of uh, divine mercy mm-hmm. and we uh, pretend that it's adoration, but we pray well, in is, the dark. Yeah. 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 I think it is, it is adoration in a way. Right. So we can't really go to the church that easily with the pandemic mm-hmm. uh, and, and the kids different ages, but, but I, and that's me. Like my wife is not like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, she doesn't need all these uh, certain cues in the atmosphere. Yeah. She can pray wherever she is in a right. bus, but, but I need these visual cues and my, yeah. and, and my kids respond well to it. And I think it's true. And that's why we have statues and images and beautiful things in the church, because we need, most people need those cues. And the other thing you said that made me think, I mean, yes, bringing your children to experience other liturgies, but even just bringing them to experience the soup kitchen or, or, uh, or, 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 or at the grocery store, filling a, a box with, with goods for the food bank or bringing them to buy the toy that you're going to put in the toy drive that's an experience of of a of a special something that we can do maybe at christmas time not that we only do it at christmas or but but it is something that a lot of people do at yeah. this time of the year you, you um, know what i mean the, our kids um, if they're like others i mean they have trouble with transitioning and they they sometimes have a challenge if I, if we take them to uh, we we animate host a bingo night sometimes at the long term care facility but um, yeah. but once they're there so first there's, there's a crying and, 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 you know, they're, they're not very happy to leave. They don't want to go. Yeah. They don't want to go because they're, they're comfortable at home, but once they do go, once they're there, you're right. They're there, they love it and they have cherished memories of it. And, and a, the same thing with a soup kitchen, like you said, just, just knock at the door, try to help and, and yeah. talk to the people there. Don't just donate the money. Talk. Absolutely. Absolutely. I like that idea. The seniors home, a lot of seniors home will allow families to come and volunteer. Um, or spend some time there, or you go visit someone you know, and then you end up spending time with someone you don't know. Um, Danny, right. this is this is really good advice. Uh, experiential marketing is what you're what you're calling it, but uh, yeah, well, you know what? And even though these things are um, things activities that we've done for a long time, at least you know now that there's a, a science behind it, and that it's being used by big companies yes. like Procter and Gamble, Walmart. If it Gillette. works for Procter and Gamble, it should work for us trying to bring up our kids in the faith. 
It does. Hence, experiential marketing is a, a part of the marketing mix for your transmission of faith endeavors. Okay, in the good. New year. And and uh, any time of the year, but Christmas is a good time to to give them those experiences. If you haven't, uh, if you're trying to figure out what to do, um, Danny, right. thank you so much for for uh, sharing this uh, this tip, this advice with us today. And uh, Merry Christmas to you and your family. Thank you. You too, Deacon Fedra, and to your listeners. Yes, God bless. Danny Torquia. He is the Managing Director of Torquia Communications. You can follow him on Twitter at Dan Torquia, and you can read his blog at dialogueandgrace.com. Coming up, Sister Marie Paul Curley with Windows to the Soul, so don't go anywhere. Hi, I'm Mark Matthews, your Hollywood undercover missionary, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. You're listening to our Salt and Light Hour Christmas special. I'm Deacon Pedro. Coming up, Greg and Lizzie of The Vigil Project. Now it's time for Windows to the Soul with Sister Marie Paul Curley. Sister, Merry Christmas. Oh, a blessed Christmas to you, Deacon Pedro, and to everybody listening. It's, it's, it's a very special feast day this year. Yes, it is. Um, have you found any good Christmas movies or what, what What sorts of things are you thinking about this Christmas, sister? Well, you know, there's a, there's a couple of things that I wanted to talk about uh, this time. And the first really is to look, you know, there's a lot of movies out there. There's a lot of Christmas films out there um, that are, you know, pretty, pretty secular, just family mm-hmm. entertainment or entertaining. Um, and I just want to encourage people to bring their faith perspective, their gospel perspective, their gospel lens yes. into uh, the popular films and, and entertainment that they're, that they're using and, and consuming this season. Um, I have a funny example. Um, you know, I'm a, I think I've said before that I'm a huge Star Wars and sci-fi yeah. fan. Um, and I recently uh, got into the Star Wars television series, The Mandalorian, okay. which is streaming on D- uh, uh, Disney+. Plus. Um, for those of you who've never watched it, it is basically a mini Star Wars movie in each episode. So there's mostly fighting and, uh, you know, traveling through space. Um, but the cool thing, the thing, the reason why I wanted to bring it up is that the focus of the entire first season and the second season, for the most part, is a focus on the child. So the basic storyline is that the Mandalorian is a bounty hunter who is not the nicest character and is Mm -hmm. deadly violent. Um, And his bounty at the beginning of the first episode, the the bounty that he's hunting ends up being a child of the same species that Yoda is, if you're familiar with Star Uh Wars. So uh, the child immediately got dubbed baby Yoda by the fans. Um, and this child is quite mysterious. He's never seen anything of the species before, and the child is able to manip- manipulate the force. And so this child is mysterious to mm-hmm. the Mandalorian. And he gradually has this transformation where he comes from handing the child over to people who are going to do terrible things to this child and with this child to turning into kind of a St. Joseph protector figure of this child. And that, I don't think I'm giving too much away. That's pretty much the arc of every episode, but especially the first two or three episodes. And, um, you know, there's this delight of the fans, myself included. I mean, I got hooked on this because I also wanted to see Baby Yoda do cute things on the screen. And, um, uh, you know, that's how one of the sisters hooked me onto watching it. And the delight 
you know, you know, those moments where you see a baby in a grocery store or you're holding a niece or nephew or a child for the first time and you see that child smile at you, that infant smile at you. That delight, I think, is is a very spiritual, it's a very special moment. It's momentary, it passes fast. But that deep delight, I think, is the kind of experience that we'll have in contemplating the face of God. And I think it's that joy that God has when he looks on us. And so this idea of looking on the Christ child in the manger scene, I, it just, it, the Mandalorian really brought that home to me. So I just encourage you, whatever you're watching, whether right. you know it's a light Christmas film or something else, it's deeper entertainment, go ahead and bring that gospel lens. Mm-hmm. The other thing I wanted to talk about too, was that, you know, this has been a tough year. And for, for, I think everybody, and we have fewer opportunities to celebrate Christmas in its, in all the different ways that we usually do, but especially in the religious sense, you know, even our ability to go to church or how we go to church or how we sing or all of these ways are kind of curtailed for us this year. And so I'd encourage you as a family to really, or as an individual to take the time to watch a film that really touches your heartstrings about the mean, the true meaning of Christmas, not mm-hmm. just about feeling good and getting together with family, although those are good messages, but, but really about the coming of the Christ child. And mm-hmm. of course, there's the classics that can do this. We've got Charlie Brown's Christmas, which yes. I absolutely love. Yes. Um, we have The Star, which is the recent children's animated film. It's a yep. two hour, 90 minute yep. film on on that with the little Christmas animals mm-hmm. discovering who Jesus is. But then we also have um, the, uh, you know, the, the full feature film, the nativity story that really focuses right. on the birth of Christ as, you know, the pivotal moment of the film. And then there's also these little Christmas specials that we've grown up with over the years. So if you're a film buff or you're into nostalgia, try the little drummer boy, that little <laughs> nation special that uh-huh. really isn't so well done, but the message is beautiful. And I loved it when I was a toddler. Yes. So I'm assuming many kids would love that today. There's also, um, for those of you who are um, Jimmy Stewart fans and it's a wonderful mm-hmm. life fans, yes. there is a, a Christmas TV special that was done in 1980 by by the Mormons who make some wonderful media. Mm-hmm. And it stars Jimmy Stewart. It's called Mr. Kruger's Christmas. It's on YouTube for free. Um, I don't know where else you can find it, but you can find it online. Just, just Google it. Kruger is K-R-U-E-G-E-R. Okay. And it has a delightful scene. It's about this elderly man who's pretty much neglected or ignored by everybody, but who continues carrying the Christmas spirit. And it gets to the heart of what Christmas means when he has a conversation with Jesus. In okay. the manger. It's just a beautifully, beautiful, delightful little film. Um, slower, 1980 television special. <laughs> No bells and whistles, but but it but a lovely a lovely film. Um, okay. And and then one last uh, one last suggestion for a way to kind of take this Christmas message in or experience it in a new way. I th- look at some Christmas concerts. Okay. Um, you know, Handel's Messiah, the first part is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, we have there's others. I know the producers of The Chosen, that lovely te- television series. Okay. On- do or did a Christmas concert. Um, our own sisters, the Daughters of St. Paul, we do a Christmas concert in yes. about 10 locations across the United States every year. Well, this wow. year we couldn't do that. So we put up a shorter concert. It's only like 45 minutes online. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really moving, really beautiful. Um, there's some fun Christmas songs for the kids. There's some beautiful hymns for the adults. 
um, and for the whole family. Um, and you can find that on our website. Um, I'm just going to give that website address before I forget. It's yep. Pauline, like, like P-A-U-L-I-N-E. So Pauline.org slash choir, or just click on the link for the choir and scroll down and you'll see the link to the Home for Christmas concert with the Daughters of St. Paul. So I, you all will be very much in my prayers, but I hope that you can take some time to really delve into um, what is what is the meaning of Christ coming for me this right. year? What is the hope that he brings? And what is that hope that I want to share with others? Yeah, that's a good suggestion that uh, in the absence of being able to participate in a religious service with your community to do but find a movie that can help us enter that as a family or a concert. And we'll put that link pauline.org slash choir on our site as well. So people can find it easily sister. Thank you so much for those suggestions. Um, Merry Christmas. Yeah. Very, very merry and blessed Christmas. Yes. You too. Sister Marie, Paul Curley. She's with the congregation of the daughters of St. Paul. And you can read her blog at windows to the soul.wordpress.com. You can also follow her on Twitter at sister M. Paul. Hi, I'm Danny Torquia from Media Ministry Minutes, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. I'm Deacon Pedro. This is our 2020 Christmas edition of the Salt and Light Hour, and our featured artists are Greg and Lizzie of The Vigil Project. We've been listening to some of their songs, and they do such great work. And I'm so, so happy to welcome Greg and Lizzie Boudreau to the Salt and Light Hour. Um, Welcome, you guys. Hey, Deacon Hello. Pedro. Always a good time to be with you. It, it's always Merry a good Christmas. time. And you, I'm so jealous because I'm here freezing in Canada in December, <laughs> and you guys are at the beach. So We are. It's a beautiful, beautiful day yeah. here. We are soaking it all up. Beach okay. Christmas. You can't beat it, basically. Yeah. Beach so. Christmas. That's great. Now, so so um, you guys are married. Yeah. Um, you write and, 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 and play music together. You perform together. You used to be, I mean, I think you still, is it fair to say that it's still Greg and Lizzie? That's your name. Um, yeah. But as far as I know, I, I'm still named Greg and she's still named <laughs> so <we're... laughs> The Anne is a couple kids now too, but. Uh... But, but yeah, the we, music, uh... that, sorry, the music that you do now is not necessarily Greg and Lizzie. It's more Vigil Project. So I'm curious to know where, where that shift happened. Oh, How man. did that do you change? Want, you want right. the long we'll version or the, the short we'll version? The short version, <laughs> Lizzie. <laughs> So we, we've been together since high school. So it's been a very yeah. long journey, um, lots of memories, lots of stories. And we got married in 2012 and um, writing music together, which is kind of our way of processing marriage and like all the newness and all the changes and just nice. learning how to love another person 24 hours a day. Um, <laughs> and so that way we didn't intend to ever like record them or do anything with them. And then as we shared them with other people, they were like, wow, I think you really need to get this message out to the world. And so we did record a couple albums. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. um, from there, we started writing some Christian songs. And um, and it was actually, imagine this, the Vigil Project was the an idea from women. Lizzie and Andrea Thomas actually went to coffee. <laughs> they had this right. great idea of like, hey, like, like collaborating. With we friends. all do this. We all, you know, we're, we're Catholic artists. We all exist in the same space and we go out and travel. And uh, why don't we do something together instead of Kind of breaking out and going our separate ways and so in 2016 that's kind of when the vigil project started mm -hmm. and uh and right. it's been a blessing honestly so just so then to be clear so the vigil project is as artists it's it's you greg and lizzie john finch andrea thomas that you just mentioned sean mm -hmm. williams 
And then you have other artists that sort of collaborate depending on different right. projects. Is that yeah, sort of the idea? Absolutely. Uh -huh. So um, the visual project, we almost kind of see it as like, you know, that's kind of like the umbrella under which a lot of people can come and and uh, and make art for the Catholic Church. And yes, that's and, kind of been the goal. So and I love I love how that's so because I was gonna say it's so general. It's I guess it's good because <laughs> it means that you can do anything and you're doing great music, great videos, there are concerts, there's parish missions. Um, how does that work? Like, is it just intended to be open-ended so that you let the spirit kind of lead you? <laughs> <laughs> Your senses are correct. Yeah. So there's, there's not one medium, so to speak, that we stick to, although music is definitely where we focus, you know, and that's kind of become our, our area of expertise, if you will, you know, we're all musicians who, who are kind of directing the nonprofit side of it. And, mm -hmm. and so it makes sense that music would be how we kind of focus our energy as an organization. And so, uh, no, it's, it's been really exciting to see that, you know, we started as just four artists, you know, four or five artists. And now it's like, there's over, you know, there's over 20 now who have mm -hmm. come in and done projects mm -hmm. with us. So, and our last album was actually, uh, an all Spanish language album, right. um, which we're really excited about right now. We get to work with some great artists from Argentina and the U S yes. Yes. I'm excited about that one too. Um, so the mission, what would you say is the mission of the vigil project to make music for the Catholic journey? That simple. That's simple. And the, and the mm -hmm. second part of it, you know, to make it a little more complicated is just to support other people in doing the same. Because we really do believe it's not about just supporting a few, you know, who are super talented kind of thing. We think there's a lot of talent in the Catholic Church and we want to way we want to find ways to make it uh, something that many people can offer. And there mentoring to we did a lot of um, youth group things growing up and uh -huh. that's kind of how we got our start singing is on mm -hmm. retreats and things like that. And just so many kids who want to play guitar they want to they want to play for the church but then they're like oh well, my, my dad says i have to be an engineer and there's no way i can make money being a musician and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know so they don't even think that it's even an option so just to kind of give them hope and um give them yeah yeah and you offer so you offer workshops as well um we've been listening to so some music that is just Greg and Lizzie, even though it might be under the umbrella of the vigil project. Um, but uh, we're going to end the show with this great rendition of Hark the Herald um, that you guys did with, I guess, John Finch and Sean Williams, Andrea Thomas mm -hmm. is in there. I'm not sure, sure who else is there. Other very talented musicians. Yeah. Tell us about that concert, the live at the steeple concert. Yeah. And it was, a, it was really, really cool. We ended up um, recording it and it was in um, this building in downtown mobile that, I think it was a church, uh, mm -hmm. a different denomination, but now it's a, like a concert venue. So it was like stained glass windows and um, just a very neat night with the yeah. whole group coming together. And um, yeah, it was special. And so that that song was how we kind of started that concert that night. Mm -hmm. And right. uh, it's one we're going to remember for a long time, for sure. Mm -hmm. It's such an uplifting. And I've, I've, I mean, I've seen most of the concert. I've heard all the music and it really feels that like what a great opportunity Advent Christmas to do a, a, a great praise and worship night mm -hmm. i mean if we're not uh if christmas is not a time when we come to adore i mean i don't i don't know what else so thank you for hoping for more live <laughs> events soon <laughs> yeah 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 well hopefully hopefully it'll come yeah. and 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 because you're letting the spirit breathe in uh, through the work that you do, creativity is at play. So I'm sure that you'll come up with lots of great ideas <laughs> of other things <laughs> that you can do. Um, and you can always record. So I'm going to leave it there. Um, Greg, Lizzie, so good. I'll let you go back uh, to the beach. Um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for what you do. Great to meet you. I do hope to have you um, back on the program. Maybe we can talk about that Spanish album 
Um, and, uh, and I know that we'll have some of your other collaborating artists on the show, like John Finch has been on the show. Um, mm -hmm. so it's been really good, uh, to uh to kind of jump in on the journey with you guys if, if absolutely allow me. we're grateful for, yeah grateful for the opportunity to talk to you always and uh merry christmas to you and everyone watching merry christmas merry christmas to you guys too um greg and lizzie they are with the vigil project you can find out more about them purchase their music and watch their videos the awesome videos at thevigilproject.com if you missed the beginning of the program and you want to listen to the rest of our conversations or to the rest of the show go to slmedia.org podcast all our programs are archived there here now to take us out, as we said, are the artists from the Vigil Project from their live at the Steeple concert with Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Vigil Project with Hark the Herald, Angels Sing from their Live at the Steeple concert and singing and playing with Greg and Lizzie are John Finch, Andrea Thomas and Sean Williams. And that will take us to the end of our program. Today I was joined by Billy Chan who asks lots of good questions, Jillian Cantor who learns all good things from her kids, Mark Matthews who's doing undercover mission work in Hollywood, Danny Torquia who uses everything he learned in marketing in order to rear up rebels and Sister Marie Paul Curley, who finds a window to the soul in every film that she watches. The Salt and Light Hour is a ministry of Salt and Light Catholic Media Foundation. You can learn all about us and all that we do at slmedia.org. Thank you for being with us today. We hope that you have a holy and blessed Christmas season. Be sure to tune in next week for our annual New Albums of the Year special. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been the special 2020 Christmas edition of the Salt and Light Hour. Merry Christmas. Amen. Can you sing with us tonight? Hark the herald angels sing Glory to the newborn King Peace on earth and mercy mild God and sinners reconciled Joyful Got a round of applause, Stephen Heyman. <laughs>